Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The Detroit Lions podcast post game show with your hosts, Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 318. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. It is also the very last game of the season. It'll be our last post-game show, but we've got we've got plans. We've got some good stuff coming for you in the offseason. Don't you worry. We will keep you riveted and, and attached to your YouTube. <laughs> A lot going on. Uh, we're going live, as we usually do here. we got to talk about today's game. What a game it was. There's a lot to talk about, actually, in what was supposedly a meaningless game. Uh, yeah. it, it suddenly found some meaning. <laughs> it's real to me, damn it! <laughs> we'll do a little roundtable. We'll take your calls. we got that and a whole lot more going on. Got a great show lined up. You ready to go, Sam? In? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. We're getting right into it. We're going to talk about this game and what the heck we saw today because, boy, what a mess. These officials, um, look, I'm not going to say, I had the tweet that I think really sums up my thinking on it. Great teams overcome bad officiating, and what we're seeing is the Lions are one of the greatest of all times. How how could anybody (laughs) argue with? You know, it's it was so par for course, right? It was so par for course that uh, the Lions' defense was playing to not set records. Uh, They already set the most points given up by a defense, but they were trying to prevent the most total points given up by a team, and the refs hand it over. The refs give it to them. It's it's wild. You know, it's uh, this year has been pretty quiet when it's come to referees, I feel like, for the Lions, and then uh, this game was just like a balls-out bonanza. Yeah. Real crazy. Yeah. Um, I have to say... The the play of Jelani Tavai today was spectacular. <laughs> I don't know if you saw if you follow my Twitter at all. I was all over him. Um, I was in that sarcastic kind of thing today. Um, and I just want to go to this one tweet because I think it really well. There's a couple things. Most most don't under, understand the strategy of not wrapping up when tackling. It's much better to hit someone many times than pull them down because they'll yep. think twice about running your direction next time. <laughs> Okay, so this is the Tavai one, the summation of Tavai. Keep this in the back of your mind. Tavai might be playing the long game here. No one has tape of him doing anything, so next year's teams won't know how to scheme for him. A brilliant strategy, really. Very brilliant, yeah. I mean, he did he did force two fumbles today, which is pretty wild. Yeah. That'll, that'll make his year-end stats look better. Yep, absolutely. Still slow. Ooh. Dan, how you doing, man? Thank you. Thank you so much. $10 super chat. Hey, guys, it's about as close as Dean could say those calls were some BS on live TV. Yeah, you're you're dang right. You are completely right. I'm sad to see it's the last show, but you definitely have a true fan in me going forward. Love you guys. Dan, thank you so much, dude. I'm a fan of yours. (laughs) No, absolutely. That was that's that's super cool. And I appreciate you uh, hitting us with the super chat. We've got some stuff coming um, in the offseason to keep you 
in not just lions but in in, in enter- entertained as well but it's it'll it'll all be lions based but uh, i think we have some really really good stuff we've got uh here in the next we're gonna do a, a podcast on i think it's gonna, it'll be on tuesday i have to confirm with case again and then have some stuff coming out that'll be uh pretty regular some good content for you guys i think you'll really appreciate it but uh we'll talk more about that i think on the uh on the podcast on tuesday as uh things start to come together but i think we got some really really good stuff for you I might have a teaser. I might just slip one in. Slide it in. <laughs> you know I love it show. when you slide it in, Chris. <laughs> a little bit later in the show, I might just throw something up there really quick for you guys. All right. Um, let's talk about the officiating. I want to start with one that didn't didn't seem to get much attention, and I have to go back and watch the All-22 when it comes available. There was a holding call. It was right after the, the touchdown was called back. I think it was one or two plays after the the, the, the touchdown was called back. The ref, I know the ref didn't see the holding. I know he didn't see the holding call. Um, what he did see was a defensive player laying on the ground and an offensive lineman with his hands up like this. And he said, oh, yeah, that had to be holding because there wasn't holding. I, I, again, they didn't play the replay on it so that I can, can confirm. But in the moment, it was just a player that fell down and, and the, the offensive lineman threw his hands up saying, no, 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 it wasn't, didn't do anything. Like he was actually honestly not not throwing his hands up because he did something, right? He actually didn't do something. I will watch the L22, and by Tuesday, I will have a confirmation on it. But that, it was right after they called back the touchdown, and, and I was I was smoking hot because they didn't go to a replay. They just went to Carissa Thompson, who normally I don't mind when they go to Carissa Thompson, either to Tony or Tease, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, that was the first one. Uh, I want to say hey to Nicholas, Nicholas Sarah. Thank you for the super chat. Hell of a season, boys. I think we do you deserve... An off season after this roller coaster year, 2022 Super Bowl champs on the back of Jelani Tavai. I'm telling you, he's he's gonna bring. He, he did the Naruto run. <laughs> I don't know if anybody saw that. And what? And then it was like two plays later, he was standing alone on the field as he often does, and he started skipping after they got a sack. <laughs> this guy's gonna be a. This, he's first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Okay, the touchdown, uh, Salmon. Generally, everybody agrees, including Blandino. How did you see that? I mean, it was hard to see. Did it touch the ground or not? Where's Where's your head at on that call? It wasn't even close to touching the ground. To me, this is the same as Marvin Jones's catch along the sidelines earlier in the year, like where his feet were obviously both on the ground. There was video evidence of it. The ball jars loose, but it's inches away from touching the ground. It never left his midsection. I just don't, you know, if they ruled it incomplete and then they the Lions challenged it and then they decided to stand with the call. And you could kind of say that I still disagree, but you know, maybe one way or the, another, there isn't enough information that that's just, it's egregious. That's an egregious call. And that's one of the things that replay is supposed to fix. Yeah. Is it supposed to fix stuff like this? And so far it hasn't. Then that's insane to me. It's insane. The NFL needs to come out and, you know, discipline these guys out in the public so that fans and teams can see they just they have to yeah yeah absolutely um another super chat coming in uh from floundericious uh glad this season is over everyone is sick of everything to do with this year and we're getting angry and chippy in the slack love you guys so we at least got a fun interesting game to end the year yeah thank you flounder um saw everybody yeah there's there's there is a general consensus of of frustration amongst people even even fans on winning teams right now are 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 frustrated just because life in general is difficult right now 
So we're with you. We're here for you. You know, this is this is the post game therapy session as as is often needed with the Lions. But it's okay. It's okay. We've got uh, the refs in on the fix <laughs> for you know to to get that you know fix for tank for the tankathon for the uh, draft pick. I guess I don't know. Um, but think about how much better next year is going to be. Did we did break the record for points, right? Uh, over yep. the 2018 team, the most defensive points allowed. Yeah, so we broke three records. The most yards given up by a Lions team ever. <laughs> the most points given up by a defense ever. And the most points given up by a team ever. So some people may be saying, what's the difference between defense oh, and team? Yeah, yeah. That includes interceptions, returns for, for touchdowns, and uh, like kickoff returns for touchdowns, punts returned. Uh, we beat the 2008 team pretty handedly actually it's uh you know awesome <laughs> <laughs> i kept saying in the middle of the year this is the worst lions defensive team i've ever seen it was imp- it was impossible to watch and now the stats are now the stats are in the record book yeah worst ever yeah it was it was a wreck it was an absolute wreck um ooh riley thank you so much super chat it's one thing if the TD catch was ruled incomplete originally, but to call it a TD on the field, there's no way you can overturn it. Exactly right. Exactly right, Riley. That is exactly what happened there. Um, did it cost us the game? I think it, it, in this case it very well could have. Um, we had him stopped. We had him stopped. I mean, it changes the end of the game. There's more time on the clock. There's a lot more stuff going on. You know, it's it's hard to say. At the end of the day, I would say that the Tracy Walker penalty is the one that, if we're going to argue a call, cost us the game. It's that one. Yeah, that was that was egregiously bad. And I and I'm not one. I, again, I'm not one to say the Lions are were so good that the refs cost them the game, right? But the Lions are bad enough that they can't play against refs as well, right? This this is tough because for for all intents and purposes the the Lions won this game right but so we saw them we we should have a moral victory here this is where I think fans end should be we got a moral victory but we got the draft pick <laughs> right it's it's the the wrestling with do I want to tank or do I want to win well I always want to win I always want to win right but if I get the benefit of tanking <laughs> why not but uh, that's seven in a row for the Vikings over the Lions isn't it. Yeah, you know, and it's we can all be happy that the Lions draft position improved by losing. I, I don't think, you know, I, I feel like we'd have a lot of upset fans if the Lions won. I don't know if I'd be one of them because I enjoy winning, you know, draft, whatever. Uh, but we kind of you're right, Chris. We have like a moral victory that had the refs not been a bunch of a-holes that uh, <laughs> that maybe we win. Uh, but we kind of got the best of both worlds. We can complain because it's number one thing Lions fan love. It's what we got, right? That's all we got. Uh, a moral victory, which is another thing that Lions fans love. That's always good. Thrive. And on. our drafted position improved. So, or didn't get worse. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we're, we're relying on some pretty unlikely scenarios. But um, but there we are. And Guam! <laughs> I don't know what Guam was. Darn it. <laughs> Oh, Anthony, I got you. Sorry I didn't show up on the uh on the um the thingy doodle here. But Anthony touched us up with a direct donation on PayPal. Thank you, Anthony. Appreciate it. Nice. Um yeah, no, that's um 
the moral victory. That's that's what we've got, and that's what we deserve. As Lions fans, <laughs> the moral victory. Um, so really quick, I want to hit the phone number out there. Anyone wants to dial in, weigh in on the on the season and their feelings from the uh, 2020 season, I'm happy to to take it. Uh, it's here we go. Two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four. Two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four. Tell us what your number one expectation for the Lions is this off season. Ooh. Okay. Number one expectation for the off season for the Lions, and we'll uh, we'll see where we go from there. All right. And you can also use the uh, oh, what's that thing called Skype and uh, give us a, it's uh, Detroit Lions podcast, all one word. You can get there. So two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four. Number one expectation for the off season. So where are you at on the off season, Sam? Do we want to re- do we want to talk about this game some more? I mean, I will. I, I think this game is a precursor to the off season, so I think it's fine to talk about the off season. Okay. Okay. Good. Thanks. <laughs> Because that's that's where we are now. <laughs> yeah. This game didn't matter. It was all about the offseason. Anyway, we got to see fun football today. We did. Which we haven't seen for three years since until Daryl Bevel took over. We got to see some fun football. We got to see some really not fun football. <laughs> but, you know, I'm excited about it. And this offseason is going to be crazy. I think yeah. this is going to be the craziest offseason we've had since the 2009 offseason. And that's just the truth. There's a million ways that this could go. Uh, who the GM has chosen to be, who the head coach is, how are they going to plan on building around a defense that is the worst in Lions history? How are they going to recoup from that? Who are they going to keep? Who are they going to not? Are they going to? What are they going to do with Galladay? What are they going to do with Okwara? Um, you know, Marvin Jones has basically said he's expecting to go into free agency, uh, but the Lions are going to have one wide receiver on the team they're gonna have to go after a free agent wide receiver and possibly draft a wide receiver in the top 10 uh you know which would be crazy considering the position that our defense is in currently but maybe the right move based on talent available you know it 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 always seems that the lions end up picking high in drafts where there isn't a concise best player i think the last time the lions did that was in dominican sue and Beyond that, you know, you can make arguments about Jeff Okuda. You can make arguments about TJ Hawkinson. You can make arguments about everybody. Um, but there's no, like, defensive end. There's no, like, off-the-ball linebacker that, like, I feel really good about. You know, some people may like the guy out of Penn State, but taking a linebacker that early freaks me out a little bit. Well, and we got Johnny um, Tavai. I mean, well, we're, we're, when we have the best middle linebacker in the you know country, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, his feet never stop moving. I got a great response today. Someone said other teams, and I think it's only the elite teams are going to do this, but they're going to look at Tavai and they're going to say, "I want all my linebackers to study this. This is how not to get injured. This is how not to get injured in the game of football." <laughs> hey, caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink? Hey, it's uh, Tony. Uh, I'm just drinking water today, so uh, nothing too crazy. Okay. So, uh, right. Trying to stay clear-minded, you know. Yeah. But, uh, again, love your show. Um, you know, I put that little shit in there, you know, really support you guys. I'm sad it's almost over for the season. But uh, for this offseason, I don't maybe I'm on my own in this. I think it is really that time to grab one of these top QBs, man. Like I said, it's a very QB-friendly draft. And I love Stafford, and I hope Stafford's here next year. But – even if we have to develop them for a year or two, I said we grab a QB in the first, and we just really need to hit on that second and third pick. And I don't have what five picks next year. Yeah. How many picks do we have next year? Five. Picks. Yeah. So yeah. So um, yeah, I would say 
really hit on that uh, that second and third pick. I guess we got, I would say, franchise Kenny Galladay, and who knows what they'll do in free agency. I mean, I guess we'll have to have a pretty decent free agency too. But I, my main thing is getting a quarterback for the future, which, again, I love Stafford. I am pro Stafford. I have a jersey on right now. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'll tell you, you know, I, that's me. I, I agree with you. Um, I think Kenny Galladay's situation is going to be interesting because – People make it out to be a hostile situation. If it's hostile, it's, I think, strictly because of Bob Quinn. Um, And I think the new GM coming in and how they interact is going to be real indicative of how how this works out with Galladay. Also, he's got two agents fighting each other for his money, right? They're in court right now. So he's not in a great position uh, number no. one with the old GM, a number two with yeah. um with uh, his agents to have made a move early. I think, I think the thing that isn't being talked about is probably the most likely that Jelani to or see, I got to vie in the mind. July, July. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, Kenny Galladay is is going to wind up a lion again and not be on a franchise tag. I really think that that's where uh. we're going to wind up with him. Um, people aren't talking about it that way. Everyone's looking for the the palace intrigue and the drama and everything. But I just I just don't see it. I I, I think we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see Jelani back. Oh well, geez, well, we'll see. Of the mind. <laughs> I got the Jelani. Jelani. Last thing, yeah, go ahead, bro. <laughs> last thing, last thing, and I will finally back off. I got a show to do. Um, what do you think about uh, that uh, potential uh, GM interviewing from the uh, Seahawks? What do you think about that? He, uh, he just came out and said basically that that's not true. He didn't come out and straight up say it's not true, but he talked. His wife loves it there. He loves it there, and he was he left it at that. So I don't think that that's uh, okay. going to happen. But, John um, Schneider. Uh, okay. John Schneider. Um, John Schneider. Yeah, there we go. There yeah. it is. Um, I'll say he did want the Lions position last time, and they didn't interview yeah. him. And it, gotcha. he, he may, he may, he may say, you know. I'm, you, <laughs> I'm over you. yeah, you're I'm right for you. I'm 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 a GM or the most of a GM you could be on a really great football team, and uh, oh, that, that Jelani Jalopy you guys got going on over there is just <laughs> not one I want to drive. So no, they're right. They're <laughs> absolutely right. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on, guys. And uh, again, Thanks thank for you for the show, and looking forward to next season. I hope you guys do some stuff in the off season. Hopefully, yeah. but oh, yeah. you know, we got sure. some awesome. stuff coming late this at the end of this week. This is the first of something brand new that I, I think you're gonna love. Awesome, awesome. Look forward to it, guys. All right, brother. Take care. We'll see you. I'll see you. Yeah. You know, the Kenny Galladay situation is a funky one because mm-hmm. I, you know, you have people that want to franchise him, you have people that want to sign him, but. You know, we don't know what numbers they're actually talking, but, you know, we heard rumors of 17, 18 mil a year. And that's just, that's too much for a guy that doesn't get open, that that you have, that you need a quarterback like Stafford to throw to. Now, if you re-sign him, you better not draft a quarterback early because unless that guy is Stafford light, because a lot of quarterbacks aren't going to be able to get the ball to Kenny G. Kenny G. Did, you hear, just not. did you hear him on the broadcast today? Saying you know you, you're likely you're likely going to step down on a, on on, a, on, the, on your quarterback before you get a chance. You know the whole idea of you're going to step down and then hope to step up, dude. We were here for all those years with no with Scott Mitchell and Joey Harrington, and I mean those were the good ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean the hits and the uh, miss rate in the first round for quarterbacks is insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. insane i think like there's a little bit of like bias because of recency 
you know, like Herbert has looked great and stuff like that. But it wasn't that long ago Geno Smith was taken seventh. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago Mark Sanchez was taken seventh. Yep. You know, and that's around where we're going to be at. And oh, can you imagine if we'd have taken Sanchez over over Stanley? <laughs> that was, I don't a, think that was a real possibility, wasn't it? Wasn't that wasn't that that year? I mean, people were talking about it. I don't know if I don't think that they were that close as far as prospects go. I think people were just being crazy. Yeah, but maybe. that being said, you know, if they decide to take a quarterback, then they need to blow this thing up. And to be honest, I, I feel like the market to trade Stafford isn't that high. I don't think we're going to get two firsts for him. I don't know if we'd get more than a single first for him, and it might be a late first. You know, it's kind of hard, hard to say, to be honest. And at this point, is that return worthwhile to potentially sink your franchise? Because getting a quarterback is just so hard. It's just so, so hard. You know, it just, you, you could draft somebody and be crappy for another 10, 10 years. Assuming that that player even makes it through his first contract. Yeah. You know, like even Tua, Tua has looked awful. He had like a 4.2 yards per average today, so which is ludicrous. I'll, I'll tell you, the yeah, he had only two passes in the air, more than 10 yards. It was like 35 attempts and 157 yards at one point, something, you know, I'm, these, oh, these numbers are within 10 each way. But um, yeah, no, absolutely. The guy's terrified. Uh, Riz was talking about it in the, in the slack. He is absolutely scared AF. Uh, t- terrified to throw that ball downfield at all. You do not want him as your as your quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. You do well, not want someone that that afraid. And that's what happened to Joey Harrington. Yeah. If if you watch any of the interviews that Joey Harrington had about his time with the Lions, uh, after his time with the Lions, he talks about how he went into Coach Mariucci's office and said, "I need your permission to throw it downfield. I don't feel comfortable doing it." I feel like you want me to take the early throws. I just don't feel comfortable, and I'm a little afraid. And Mariucci was like, "Get the hell out of my office." Yeah, yeah. But th- but that's th- that was the downfall of Joey Harrington too. He just could not make those downfield passes. He didn't feel comfortable doing it. He took the first guy that was open every single time, and we see what happened there. There was uh, Stafford had a no look screen to Swift today that was just fire absolute fire looking down the center of the field and just the arm goes like this and the ball goes off almost 90 degrees off of his his line of sight just incredible oh god um so dan orlowski's weighing in on twitter today should be the final game for matthew stafford in a lion's uniform he goes down as one of the franchise's best players and certainly represented the city of detroit and its people as well as anyone he needs a new home let him leave the lions need a full reboot boy that hurts that hurts to hear um, uh, Loretto, could you even get picks for Kenny Galladay without signing him? Lions would need the perfect contract with Kenny Galladay to offload him and get a pick. You can't. I mean, you don't have his contract. You don't have his rights. He can sign it. He's free to go sign anywhere he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, if you franchise tag him, you can, but you're, you're not going to get that money back for him. Um, I, I, I think Kenny is, again, I think Kenny's going to sign. We're just going to need a new GM and one that's not a, a Bob Quinn <laughs> emulator and and a coach who is not a Matt Patricia, someone that's that's the players are going to enjoy playing for. Uh, I think those are two of the key pieces. I, I I like I said earlier, I think we're signing Kenny Galladay and he'll stay with us. And I think you're absolutely right, uh, Sam. And 
you so you're in a real you're in a real bind because you've got nobody as a wide receiver. You've really got no one, right? And I nobody. mean, Cephas. You got Cephas, and hey, he may be a good wide receiver three. I don't know if you know, maybe one day he's a wide receiver two. I don't know. We'll see. See where he lands and winds up. But the thing about Kenny Galladay is you need a quarterback with an arm like Matthew Stafford to deliver the ball to him because he just doesn't get that separation. So yep. if you let Stafford go, if you trade him off and you you get some draft picks, you're going to use them all on a, you know either to trade up to get a good quarterback. And I don't think Justin Fields has fallen and his stock rose a lot after uh, this, this game this last weekend, uh, taking them to the finals against Alabama. Um, you're not going to get Lawrence, right? You're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. You, you, there's, there's, you're going to have... You're gonna have a hard time. You're gonna have a really, really hard time. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, if 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 you let Kenny go, it's easier to let Stafford go. <laughs> but you got nobody to catch the ball or throw the ball. I mean, literally, you can run the wildcat. Maybe Swift can. <laughs> you just do a wishbone with Swift as you. <laughs> Swift yeah. Peterson and uh, <laughs> Kenny uh, uh, carry on. <laughs> With extra pickles said, the Lions have too many contracts open that a rebuild would be really difficult. We have no picks and nobody to get picks, and that's the truth. Mm-hmm. We are in an awful position to do a rebuild. Thank you, Bob Quinn. Thank you, Matt Patricia. Yep. Uh, our team is devoid of talent on the defensive side of the ball. We have no draft picks. We have nobody worth value to trade. Uh, we have bad contracts all over the place on defense that are just going to be See, see how it goes. See if the new staff can do something with these guys. But what we otherwise, have, we're going to be in trouble. We can get about ten million with cuts, okay. And we do have some pocket change to spend right now. I didn't. I didn't go to the pocketbook this time. <laughs> no, uh, no, no pocketbook. <laughs> we we do have some pocket change to spend. Um, free agency is where this team does its quote unquote rebuild this year. Um, so but, it's going to be a who retool. Wants, <laughs> yeah, but who wants to come here? You know, we're we're in the same position that we've been in for a long time, which is that we're not a contender. We're not anything, really. We're going to have to overspend to get guys. You know, you could make an argument that if they retain Stafford, you may get some wide receivers that look at the situation and say, oh, I would love to play with a guy like that. Allen Robinson being one of them. Yeah. Like he hasn't played with a real quarterback ever not once, and he's still putting up numbers. Yep. So a guy like that could say, whoa, I get a chance to play with Stafford. The offense looked pretty good this year. And they're talking about re-signing Trubisky. In- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, so it's either that or we overpay for guys, and then we're in a real world of hurt. You know, we already have this crap-tastic contract for our right tackle who just got a second concussion in three weeks, which is not good. That's bad news. You know, we we started a friggin' defensive tackle, or we didn't start him, but we put a defensive tackle in at right tackle today. We put a a left tackle in at defensive tackle today. You know, like this team is just in a real bad spot. You know, if if we were coming into the draft with 10, 11 picks, then you can say, okay, well, we can throw some stuff, see what sticks. You know, you can take some risky picks on the back end, see what happens. But that's not really where the Lions are. We're in a really weird spot, which is why I have such a hard time with the idea of drafting a quarterback high. Because you're basically, I I think it's going to take three to four years Mm -hmm. for this team to assemble into anything. And then then your first round picks, rookie contracts, basically over. And so here's here's how you you think about this a little bit. And this is going to be more on the business side than anything else, right? But because I love this man. Like I said, I've many times I take a bullet for him. But 
Matthew Stafford is your guy for the next two years. You have him on contract. You gave him all the big money already, right? And he's cheap. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Exactly. He's cheap. Get him to ride you through your retool slash rebuild for two years. And then year three, you're there to get you get your quarterback. Or maybe year two. Maybe next year you'll have the picks and, and, and you've been, been able to retool things enough that you can get your quarterback next year. And uh, and and have him play a year with with Stafford, or you let Stafford go at that point, maybe thirty three, thirty four, whatever. That's really your play. I, I don't think a quarterback this year is what this team, especially where we're picking, is is going to be what this team needs. So more to come. Uh, Loretto Martin, another uh, super chat. Thank you, sir. Uh, what's the best case scenario in keeping Stafford just as a stopgap? Hope you suck next year. We have a lot of one year contracts. That's only ten million dollars. Um, I'll, when, when you want you want to run with that? Yeah, the, the the hope would be that the offense is gonna be a deadly unit, no matter what. If Stafford's on the field, which has kind of been the case with everything, I I contend that this year this is a zero and sixteen team possibly. Yeah. If Stafford doesn't play, yeah, this is an zero and sixteen team with Joey Harrington, right? Yeah, Stafford legitimately won this team five games just by being here. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. So when you're re- trying to retool, if you can focus as much of your resources on defense, and even if you get an average defense, yep. this is a nine win team with an average defense. If we're not giving up 40 points a game, if we're not, the, the Lions averaged 32 and a half points per game this year, which is insane. That's insane. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, any, there's been like one team year, ever that deals with that. Any prior year, that would have been enough for us to get 10, 12 wins. But our mm-hmm. defense this year was just maybe not last year. I, I have to look, but our defense was just so bad that we couldn't outscore our way to into wins. Um, I just you're, you're absolutely right. Stafford is going to get you those wins. You spend all your capital redoing your defense this year, and again, I go back. You know, I, I like the idea of a young coach bringing in a young guy. I'm I'm gonna I'm you know. Give me another a little bit of time here, and I'll come up with offensive coordinator. But I'm all on the Wade Wade Phillips train. He's a guy that's going to rebuild this defense and get you to a place where, look, he only needs to be here for two years, right? You tell him, we're here to rebuild this defense into something competent and get us out of this Crinnell crap, right? Just, just, just build us into a solid defense. With Wade Phillips and a young coach, you can do that. You can absolutely do that. Um, if you can keep Bevel, that's fine on offense. You're not going to spend a lot of capital there. You got Matthew Stafford. You got Bevel, his playbook. The, the, the team can win with that. They can win with it. They can score points. We've shown they can score points. Um, you just have to throw everything at that defense. If you had more draft picks, you know, more than five. Now, the truth, the, the other side of that, only having five draft picks, the draft picks that we don't have are all late round 1% possibility of playing in the nfl beyond a year you know what i mean they're, they're not they're not the, the great picks but once in a while you know you hit on those and i'd rather have more shots than none even with a one percent chance um of landing so i i think that's absolutely the strategy is you hold on to stafford for the two years and and the thing the thing is again he's 32 now right that puts him at 34 uh when he's up for another contract if this team could be completely different if you have a retooled defense that's successful and that can that can stop the opponents once in a while and give you a chance to win mm-hmm. and you start being able to invest in the offense offense maybe you surround Matthew Stafford with people like the like the Bucks have done 
right? He's a guy that at, 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 like Tom Brady. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but if he if he can pull that kind of longevity that Brady did, I wouldn't mind having. I wouldn't mind signing him into another contract afterward. I, I think the the play here again is you keep Matthew Stafford because he is so damn cheap. You rebuild the defense around him, and then you can make your choice on Matthew Stafford and the offense um, after that. But I, I, the the defense is absolutely the the crushing blow for this team right now. It just is just destroying any chances we have of being anything worthwhile. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, extra pickles. Super active in the chat. Would Can't think of a team that needs a quarterback that would give up two firsts. Uh, maybe New England. Bill likes giving away first-round picks, but he also doesn't like a bad deal. Hey, caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink so far? Well, it's been a little while, Chris. <gasps> Brandon, congratulations <laughs> on the retirement, my friend. Yeah, I, I retired from from the post office, and I retired from calling in the radio shows, and I almost retired watching Lions games, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could retire for twenty twenty. How about that? You got you got you got a spectacular uh, yeah. season coming up. Think of the excitement of a new coach, a new GM, possibly a new quarterback. It's it's going to be all new. I mean, you, you're going to have to watch. It's like a train wreck. You can't look away. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I said I wasn't going to watch another game. I wasn't going to pay for another game, but I found another way to be able to get it done. And Good for you. Had to put up with uh, some issues, but, hey, I, I was able to see some of the game today. And, you know, it's bad enough we got such a bad team. Why in the world do we have such a bad referee crew that also has to pile on? I mean, come on, man. Give us a break. Even T.J. Lang said, you know, I, I never thought the Lions that, that games were fixed. I'm beginning to think so now. <laughs> they tagged <laughs> the NFL commission on it. But, uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, is why would they fix this one? Why would this I know one be a game they fix, right? Un- I mean, unless. It's just incompetence. Oh, is it, it, it's either incompetence or that the official had he knew exactly what the line was, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, yeah. There, there's just no excuses anymore. The NFL needs to become a little bit more, you know, transparent when it comes to why they're choosing referees, who the referees are. The refs need to get in front of cameras more. You know, I know that they have like a debriefing at the end of every game, but you know, there needs to be yeah. more accountability. Everybody else in the NFL seems to be accountable. And yep. the referees exactly seem to just it. be immune. Yep. They're immune. And I'll, I'll say, uh, I know uh, Kelly. Kelly. Uh, yeah, I know. I know Instagram that today, well, and she pulled. Go ahead. Up. Yeah, Kelly was on Instagram. Said, "Do ask do refs get fined for BS calls? If not, they thousand percent, ten thousand percent should." That's exactly it. The accountability Absolutely. that you talked about, and then the other thing. And this is this is an absolute Blandino move that I think was absolutely brilliant and and should a hundred percent be done. Is when they're doing in the, the replay booth, like the XFL. Let us go up. Let us see what's going on. Let it, let them talk us through why they're making the calls they uh, they they do. That is one of the best things that came. And just so people know, right? We were, you know, it's it's a crazy evolution we've had with Blandino. We we started the hashtag Fire Blandino, and then now we're yeah. with the hashtag Hire Blandino because we see, <laughs> we've seen what he's done. We saw what he did with the XFL and how great that officiating was and um, how transparent it was for the, for the, um, for the, the viewer and the fan. That's what the NFL needs. And I do not know why, especially now with gambling being, becoming more and more prevalent and being part of the NFL. I don't know why we don't have that transparency. And that 
That I, I, ooh, that's I don't know either. That's gonna. Be I, I tell you what, it's pretty pretty nice that uh, we were two for two with Blandino on the Lions side of the of the call. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's sad, man. I mean, that really is sad. Uh, listen, I don't need to keep you because I know other guys are trying to call in the the you know go on with the misery and then the Black Monday starting up a new season and everything. Yeah. I, I told Eric Schlitt on Twitter. I said, look. Uh, this season's a wash. The real season's starting uh, uh, January 4th. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. So yeah. I do want to ask you guys something. I put it on on, on your chat, and I, I doubt if you saw it because of all the response, you know, all of all the chat going on. Mm-hmm. What is the culture of Detroit? What is it? I mean, we got four pro sports teams that are all tanking in the gutter. One of them has got a Hall of Fame winner in the Red Wings trying to rebuild, but he's doing it. It's going to take time because that's just the way hockey is. Baseball is horrible. And then we got the Pistons who did a complete makeover and everybody's all, uh, they're all great about it when it comes to draft, but then all of a sudden the free agency come along and they all want to trash the guy all of a sudden. (laughs) So where is it that the Lions stand and what is the culture that they are supposed to be trying to put on the field to represent Detroit. I'll go ahead and get out of here with you guys to discuss it because I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. All right. That, that, this, is a per, this is a perfect question for Chris Spielman as director of team accountability and uh, culture. <laughs> that, that's his role. I think, you know, I think the fact that they hired somebody to fill that role is a good step in the right direction. But I think that's one of the problems the Lions have had is that they don't have a culture. They don't have an identity. You know, we, when we had the Schwartz years, it was very obvious what the culture was. The culture was kick ass, take names, throw the ball. That was, that was the name of the game. Like running the ball, be damned. Stafford's throwing it 55 times a game as a rookie. Who cares? Let's do it. Ball out. That obviously didn't work for the long term. We had Caldwell come in. Caldwell's culture was, you know, no highs, no lows. Uh, you know, do what you can to stay in the game. But under Patricia, we haven't had a culture. We haven't had a culture for three years. We had a culture. The offense, the off- <laughs> Pad level, don't slouch, and fundamentals. Yeah, seven-layer dips. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> but, you know, when you when your offense doesn't have an identity and from week to week you don't know what you're going to get, when your defense's identity is be as bad as possible, yeah, you know, that that's hard to build back around. Look but nice. I think if the Lions organization with Chris um, try to make the culture what it is from the organizational top all the way down, not from the head coach down, that's what you get with teams like the Steelers. Right, like the Steelers have had the same culture the entire time. Yes, yeah, because it's the ownership culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Cowher and you know everybody else. That's the same culture, and I think that that we're taking a step in the right direction, but it's to be seen. Yep. Who knows? Yeah, I think um, Chris Spielman is the culture that they expect for this team to be. I, if you think about what Chris Spielman is, how he played, his approach. Um, look, I, I, I gave him a hard time a couple times when he was calling games because it felt like the CTE was popping through a little bit, right? <laughs> but, but that's a guy that, that hits hard and plays hard, right? And I think 
his whole thing is he's your lunch bucket. Come to work, work hard, and 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 call it a day when it's all said and done. But be great, be as great as you can at what you do. And I think there's something to that. Um, yep. I think I think he brings a very Detroit kind of mindset to his role. Um, is that going to work with today's players? Right, because there is definitely a generational gap. Um, I think again that coach is going to be the key piece to that. That coach, yep. and again, I, I, you know, the coach I think needs to be a young guy. And and I'm not saying this name because of how he coaches, who he coaches, and everyone who touched him or anything like that. But uh, the Sean McVay mold of a young guy who can relate to the players, who can bring some heat into the locker room, can bring some emotion, can can really, he's part of that game, right? Um, he 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 is absolutely in there, and he understands the trials and tribulations of a young guy who makes millions of dollars. Um, and and again, I go back then to the coordinators and say, then like a Wade Phillips and and the offensive version of Wade Phillips, I think would be great because then they can make sure that this young guy, his head, he can concentrate on leading and head coaching, and not have to get so deep into the X's and O's on the defense. Like Patricia did that, and he couldn't. He was the first time as a coach. He wasn't young, but he he spent so much time on the defense. We saw it when when I saw them play his first year in Tampa. We were right down on the sideline. He didn't even look at the offense. He didn't even look at the offense when when they were playing. He was down with the defensive guys coaching the defense 100% of the time. He wasn't being a head coach. He was doing two jobs. We need a young guy that can that can lead young men and do it well. And we don't need as much of an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator kind of person in there. Well, that's just my you know, that's where I'm at on this. Um when you think about uh, the Red Wings, the thing that's killing the Red Wings is a stupid lottery. They get destroyed every time they should have a number one pick, they wind up what fourth and lose out on all the top talent. So that's uh that's been frustrating. Um Loretto, thank you so much for the super chat. Would you mortgage some of your future to start a rebuild faster? To believe that this team is a defense away and if that's the case, uh is that a direction for the GM and coach to go? Um I'm gonna I'm gonna pass that to you, Sam, in, and then I'll weigh <sighs> <play> in. <laughs> I've thought about this. I don't know if the Lions can do a fast rebuild. I think that's part of the problem. Weeks and weeks ago, when we were talking about maybe getting rid of Stafford before the trade deadline, I think that was their opportunity to rebuild as fast as possible. I think that was it. And when they didn't trade him, and they didn't make any large moves like that. They didn't trade any people of value to teams that maybe were trying to make a playoff push. I, you know, I just, I don't, don't know how fast the rebuild can be here. And that's part of the, the scary process of all this is that this could be slow. It could be painful. You know, we, we could be looking at the Schwartz years again, where it takes three years to do anything. And, you know, in that three years that we make the playoffs in three years, but it's not a sustainable team and it's, you know, hit or miss, you know, you kind of get lucky or not, you know, consistent. That's what I'm afraid of. But I think we'll have to see because right now the Lions, to me, don't have anything to mortgage off. <laughs> like you could argue Stafford, but like how much are you going to get for him? Would I trade Stafford for one first round pick if it's like pick 25? 
No. Uh, probably not. No. Because pick 25 is not going to be better than Stafford. Never. No. Will never be better than Stafford. No. no. So you, yeah. you, you forget it, right? It's not worth it. That's why I'm 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 really warm into the idea of just having him play out his contract. And and look, it sucks for Matthew Stafford, right? Look, if you if you want to, you know, you want to see him go win, you know, that's part of it. If you if you're, you know, team Stafford or if you are Matthew Stafford, hey, I've, I've given it all to Detroit. I want to go win somewhere else, right? Please let me go win somewhere else, right? <laughs> please, please. I don't want to be here for your rebuild. But he signed the contract. He's on the contract. And if I think about it from a business side, Matthew, I'm going to find you enough wide receivers that you have people on the field to deliver the ball to. And yep. I'm going to go rebuild this defense. I'm going to make this team. I'm going to make this team. And I'm going to, I'm going to make sure you're, 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 I don't have Vitae on the team anymore. <laughs> and I have you protected. But we're going to take care of those things. And you just go out there and play. You're under contract. End of story. Yep. Right? That's yep. the business mind kind of driving that. And with five picks, and the money we have this offseason, I, I feel like very quickly we could retool this defense. You build it around Jelani Tavai. No, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do that. You're going to get stuck again. Yeah, I'm going to get it's my Jelani Jalopy in the ditch. Um, you can retool this defense. There's a lot, it needs a lot. There's no question about, you know, there's, there's huge needs on defense. But you can, you can push that, right? And that's where you're going to find the biggest return on investment. For this team, if you can just if Matthew Stafford can have a couple receivers out there and you, you you spend your capital and rebuild this defense, I think you'd be you could be very quickly turn around an eight and eight team in a year. Uh, and then, then you get another year with all your draft picks. Right. Again, an expanding cap. You can start finish off your, your your defensive tooling. You can really dive in on your offense, start getting the uh, some of the, the, the weapons around there. And then you're sitting there and you say, OK, Matthew, here's what we've done. We've put some top tier weapons around you. We've gotten a defense that can keep, you know, less than 100 opposing points on the board. We, we've got, you know, we're a quarterback away right now. Where are you at? And, and it's, it's, you know, the decision of Matthew Stafford and it's a decision of the team to determine where he's at. If he's the guy, do we, do we go with him or do we go with a, um, a new quarterback? I think that's where you have to go because you're just not bad enough right now to get a quarterback. And, and that's the harsh reality. Um, we have to be bad enough to get a quarterback. Yep. Or, or be lucky. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just, you know, get find an Aaron Rodgers at 24. Yeah. You know, and then letting a quarterback sit behind somebody else when you take them late in first round feels less bad than drafting a guy at seven. And, you know, Stafford's yeah. going to have a Stafford game where he throws two picks and I just does remember. something silly. And then all of a sudden, you you know we're gonna blow up. I remember Charlie Batch fever. Um, I remember. Oh God, who was the other one? Um, John Kitna, Kitna, Kellen Moore, right? Oh, you play him. Those are the guys. Oh my God, they're so good. And it was like, no, no. Sean Hill was the one guy that actually <laughs> could have could could have actually played. The rest of them, I mean, and and that's the problem when you draft somebody like that. That starts the whole narrative, and that's that's the kind of thing that, that loses coaching and GM regimes their jobs. Um, they're gonna they're gonna make a decision here, and we're gonna know by you know we're gonna know the end of April where this team is on Matthew Stafford and what this whole rebuild looks like because mm -hmm. that's the key piece. They're just not bad enough to get a, and they're not gonna be bad enough with Matthew playing before them. You know what I mean? That's that's your 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 dichotomy that you're gonna have to fight. Yep. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you get rid of Stafford, you're basically saying, "I hope we win one game, two games next year." 
Yeah. Yeah. You and then, as soon as they trade Stafford, that will be apparent that that's what they're going for. And I think that you'll have fans, you know, like everybody's like, oh, I'd be okay with a rebuild, even if it took a little bit of time. But in reality, watching your team suck, you know, this, this many times in a row is just, it's just demoralizing, you know, and, and it's, let's, and the, the owners have to know that. Let's talk about that actually, because the owners, they got off easy this year. If you, if you, sure hear, if you want to hear the, the real truth, COVID saved the owners from having to feel the pain, right? Um, publicly feel the pain uh, with what's going on. I'm, you know, whatever personally they deal with, how they deal with it and, and, and so on. I'm, they've dealt with it and I'm, I know they care about the team. I know they want a winner. I know they're committed. I know this hurts them as well to see this kind of stuff with this team. But it didn't hurt them in the financial way. Right. It didn't hurt them like the Dallas game last year when the Dallas fans at Ford Field were louder than the Lions fans, so much so that they started threatening season ticket holders with about selling their seats. Remember when they did that? That, mm-hmm. that was that was absolute BS. Um, it's going to be different. There's going to be fans back in the stands next year. And it's going to be a whole different vibe. If you see Ford Field full of opposing fans every week. Or and, and you're the owner of this team, you know you have been an abject failure. You are you are embarrassed on the world stage in front of all of the other billionaire owners, right? That sit there. You have to be humiliated at that point. Right? That's just utter humiliation. And that that you when you're at that level, <laughs> you do not deal with that well. So next this was the year to absolutely tank. And get a quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, whoever else you want to get, right? This was the year to do it because he had nobody in the stands, right? People were not going to watch. Ratings were down anyway. You have a million things to blame it on, right? I think yep. I saw, I think, I, 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 and I, I did predict this, by, by the way, before the season. I, th- I think I saw ratings were down 10% for the, for the NFL. That's actually exactly the number that I predicted. Um, I just think <laughs> this was it. This was your chance. Now the backlash and the public humiliation, they're not going to, they're not going to, that's, that's the worst thing you can do to somebody with that much money. Cause you never can take their money away, right? You never get rid of their money. It's that public humiliation that hurts them the most. They're not going to deal with that. They're not going to lose out this team, right? They're next year. If this is going to be a hopeful rebuild, not a blow it up and, 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 and down to the sticks and, and put it back up kind of a thing. Um, and I, I think, to be completely honest and frank, if it doesn't work this time, I think the next change is, is at the ownership level. And I think the NFL is going to be the ones that are start pushing for it because it's just not – it's either the team's going to move. It, it's just not going to fly, right? Detroit's gotten smaller now where there's there's – what are we, the 15th, 16th largest media market now? We used to be sixth back when, mm-hmm. when I did radio. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a whole different ball of wax. Um. This is, it's an interesting, the, the near future will be interesting for the Detroit Lions. They have some very, very serious uh, decisions to make for this team and for this organization, and they can't get them wrong again. They cannot get them wrong again. Give us a call, 248-782-8384, 248-782-8384, we'll put you on. And you can use uh, the Skype uh, direct, which is Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Oh, God, yeah. 
Oh, Loretto <laughs> could have drafted Chase Young and uh, Matt Patricia would have made him look like a bust. Yep. That's yep. probably true. I mean, I tweeted about it today that watching how different this team has been under Daryl Bevel has been ludicrous to me. Yeah. We know that a head coach has a lot of say over how the team performs and, and all that, but it, it's almost like we had a number of players gain talent back as soon as Patricia left. Yeah. And it, it, it's unbelievable. You know, this offense all of a sudden starts to take off and look like something. Uh, you know, even the defense looks a little faster. They're playing uh, more violent uh, on the defensive line. It kind of makes you wonder, what was Patricia doing here? Like he had a literal negative impact on every single player on this team. And it, it just, it's crazy. It's crazy to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, I think the defensive philosophy is, is due to injuries probably, but it was okay. Everybody be like Devai. <laughs> you won't get injured. Right. And we just stay away from the guy with the ball. Don't wrap him. Right. <laughs> just hit him. That'll make him scared to go towards you next time. Because it hurts every time you, you just get hit but not wrapped. That getting pulled to the ground doesn't do as much as, as a good solid thump on the side. Um, that that was the defensive philosophy. That was the culture of the defense. <laughs> Low pads, yeah. try to hit them. Try to hit them, but don't wrap. And uh, we'll teach them a lesson that way. <laughs> they don't know what they're in for. Um, seeing tweets, uh, Taylor Decker, some uh, chin music to the refs. Voice in his opinion as they're in the field after the game. I got a lot of respect for Taylor Decker. And uh, he's a guy that took a lot of crap, uh, undeserved, for uh, his play at his position. He's, he's a good guy. He's a good player. And he's, he's, he's stand-up. I'm, I'm glad to see him doing that because those refs deserve it. And if he gets fined, we'll, we'll put a GoFundMe together. <laughs> we'll pay his fine because, you know, I would have I I put a GoFundMe together so we could push him. <laughs> It serves hands on. That was crap, man. That was just garbage. And it's worse. It's worse when it's a game like this. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Because it's now. It's just. It's it's a swift kick square in the nuts. Just straight in the nuts. You know what I mean? The game doesn't matter. Hey, there's a little bit of. You know, we're gonna walk out of the season with a little bit of hope. We got some players that were looking pretty good. Swift. You're right back. Yeah, yeah. DeAndre Swift was looking awesome. DeAndre Swift was looking awesome out there, and um. A bunch of other guys were playing well. And then to have the refs come in like that and pull that kind of garbage uh, at a time when it doesn't matter, it's just it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. So there you go. Um, thank you, Jamie, for the lunch buckets and pocketbooks piece earlier. <laughs> I'm, I'm late to that, but that was that was funny. Um, let's see. Page defense. Yeah. Okay. Tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, I want to talk about how do you cure your pain, anxiety, and sleeplessness. How do you do that? cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com um there's two lines if it's just the pain anxiety and sleeplessness get the the regular cbd uh it's great stuff it will it will help you with all of those help you with uh the the sleeplessness thing is it's just killer it will put you to bed but i'll tell you the other line that's chill stuff the delta eight delta nine is the stuff in the in the illegal stuff that, that gives you the feel and um, this chill line of Delta 8 stuff, Delta 8 is, it will get you, you will feel it. Um, I recommend your first time, if you get the gummies, these gummy squares, which I get, or the oil, just take the one dose and let it go. Um, there's been some <laughs> reports recently of folks that uh, did this, they, they took more than one and they lost a couple of hours. 
Um, take one, wait an hour and a half. Don't don't wait 20 minutes and say, I'm not feeling anything. And take another because that'll, you know, take a little bit of time away from you. So there you go. Uh, Dropkick some, took ch- two some chills. Some people might want that. Yeah. Dropkick here. He took two chills, melted in the couch, and slept for 12 hours. Right there. Right? Nice. <laughs> I read nice. a couple of those stories. Uh, one one is a lot of fun. And uh, I'll take you for a good ride. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. They give us a kickback. But uh, I'm I'm, again, we don't advertise for stuff that we don't use or believe in. And uh, this stuff is, it's good stuff. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. There we go. Oh, you left for the commercial, Sam. Man. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, you know, I, you know, it was a FedEx guy. He was banging on my door like the police. <laughs> like he had a bomb in his package, you know? Like, what the hell? He's like, here you go. I'm like, what the fuck are you <laughs> doing? Box? It's not the... like somebody's kicking down my front door. <laughs> it's the What's ref's happening? head in the box. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> All right, 248-782-8384. We'll take your calls, 248-782-8384. We'll rock and roll this stuff. Um, let's see. Okay, I was gonna, I'm was going to try to put something together really quick, if you don't mind, Sam, man. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, if, if you, I'm gonna, let me hand you the mic real quick. Um, Josh says Tavai doesn't deserve his NFL contract. And I think I want you to stand up for, for July Tavai, explain why he is such a spectacular <laughs> player. Well, I mean, obviously he deserves an NFL contract. He was a second round pick. We judge everybody on where they were taken. And he's, you know, obviously in the top, you know, 64 players of that draft. Obviously. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I like it. I like, I like the thinking here. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit saying that out loud. <laughs> I just <laughs> need some gasoline to bring it back down. No, the, you know, I think, you know, we, we talk about how Patricia has impacted this team in the long run. And I think that uh, Quinn is going to get his as well when it comes to this. But there's just too many of these weird misses like Tavai. You know, like, how do you take a guy like that in the second round? You know, the argument has always been, oh, well, the Patriots were going to take him or, oh, the Bills were going to take him, you know, right no. after. And it's like, you just got to let him. Yeah. Let him. Yeah. We, we're going to we're going to take Ryan Leaf because the team after us might take him. Right. Why? Why? why what? What? What are you doing? All right. Um, yeah, just the worst. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and you're right. Pickles asking to play sideline to sideline is not what he should be doing. He should be slinging glasses of Gatorade is what you should be doing. Right. <laughs> okay, this is only like a quick 15 second little job. This is a, a tease for what's coming uh, later this week. Um, I just threw it up here. So let's see how it works. All right. <laughs> a little bit of cool. I think that's really cool. Well, uh, it's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got stuff was happening. Coming. Yeah, yeah. And this is, you know, I have to say, this is inspired by Sandman. We got some some really, really good content coming. It was him that really sparked sparked joy and uh, sparked the thinking on this. And um, been spending some good time, heads down here, uh, putting some stuff together. So uh, we'll see what we can do. You know, we'll get some good stuff going here for you guys. We'll make sure we'll have uh, a lot of fun in this offseason. There's a lot that's going to happen. Uh, yep. A lot of things are going to break. And it feels like, for us, a lot of these longer long form kind of podcasts um they're great and we're going to continue doing them. that's not going to stop we're still going to do the weekly shows uh we'll do breaking news shows as as breaking as news breaks and happens but um there's some other things that we want to get out there too that are um 
a little bit, a little bit, you know, shorter form kind of thing, kind of uh, easily consumable kind of content for you guys. So uh, we're hoping to put some stuff together for you guys that you really, really enjoy and keep. It's going to be a good off season. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I remember before we started this, the off season was so there's so many dry spots and and it was just so hard to get through and i was so hungry for anything just anything. just anything lines i love football i love the lines please give me something so we're trying to help you guys with that and uh and keep that going so a lot a lot of thinking about that going on so uh end of this week will be the first installment of of some of the new stuff all right um minnesota vikings seven in a row against the lions Boy, we've we've got them in a we got them right where we want them. They're overconfident. Um, you know, next time we play, they're going to walk walk in and and feel like they can just take number eight. But boy, if we got something to show them, that's right. They're that's in right for a big surprise. Now, this is a brilliant strategy, Galaxy Brain stuff here. <sighs> <laughs> oh man! Oh boy! I can't even think about what we're going to do next year. And yeah, I'm just too wrapped up in the GM search and the head coach search. And I honestly, I don't have any preferences. I kind of just, I have to sit back and, and trust the lions, which is a hard thing to do. Just trust them that they're going to make the best decision. I would say that so far, everything looks better than it ever has. We've interviewed what seven GMs already. Mm -hmm. And we've got a couple more coming. We've interviewed a bunch of head coaches already. Uh, I think it's still to be seen who they're going to hire first, a head coach or a GM. But I definitely think that, this feels better. It passes the the smell test a little bit better than our past, you know, coach searches and GM searches. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, this seems a lot more thorough. And then the people we have in the room, I mean, we have Rod Wood, who's got a perspective. Um, and it, it was a long time ago. He said he doesn't know anything about football. He's been immersed in it now for a couple of years. Trust me. He knows a thing or two about it at this point. Um, although he was working with, you know, he, he he learned a lot of things not to do. <laughs> yeah, Some, sometimes it's better to learn what not to do than it is to learn what to do. Um, learn from others. Spielman, Barry Sanders in there, ownerships in there, and um, I guarantee that uh, Matthew Stafford's got a say, and and they're oh, yeah. and they're listening in on what he's thinking on this as well. Um, there, there's just a lot. There's there's a lot of different perspectives here. Um, I, I like that. I like that they're not relying on one guy that's 156 years old and, uh, you know, thinking that building the Bill Parcells Giants team is the winning team right now. Um, God, why did we do, why did we do that? Why did we, I mean, when, when you look back on it now and you see it, right, what they were building and what they were shooting for, it's just, just horrific. Some anyway, looking forward, that's what we want to see out of this team. Um, we want to see this, these guys looking forward, um, Dimitrov, um, question, yep. whether, what do you think about, uh, Dimitrov? I'll, I'll let you guys know Detroit lions podcast.com. There's two articles, great articles by, um, by Ash there. And, um, he tops, he talks about, uh, Ed Dodds and, uh, Dimitrov as well. And I, I just, I, I implore you guys to go read those. They're, they're like 3,500 words. They're not, you're, you're not going to read them while you're well, maybe you can get a big poop or whatever. Yeah, good, <laughs> good toilet reads. Yeah, it's it's the kind where your, your feet go numb, right? <laughs> um, they're not the typical three hundred word word stuff you're seeing in the blogs out there today. But Ash is a really really smart guy, and uh, you guys know how much I love him. If you listen to the show at all, um, great stuff on Rick Smith and Thomas Dimitrov from him. Uh, two great reads about their history, um, their draft successes and failures. 
Um, just really, really, really good info there. So I, I highly recommend you guys read that if you're looking for information on that. That was really, really good. Sorry, uh, I'll let you run with the Demi Drop question. Yeah, <laughs> so I was just typing a response to that actually, but the I, I don't mind that. In fact, if we're going to hire a GM, I don't mind somebody with some prior experience that has been there and that has maybe learned from their prior mistakes and, you know, is okay with that. What I can say for sure is that Dimitrov, when he drafted, he drafted speed. He drafted wide receivers that were fast, that could get open. He drafted linebackers that could go sideline to sideline. You know, he had some misses and whatever, but he got a team to the Super Bowl. And I never really thought that the issues with the Falcons were talent related. You know, there was a couple games where we beat the Falcons that it was almost 100% coaching, where they like threw two passes instead of running the football and gave us time to come back. You know, that's all coaching. That has nothing to do with anybody else. But I think that he did a good job of amassing talent in Atlanta. I still think that Atlanta's talent is higher than their wins at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But which is more indicative of coaching than it is of a GM. Exactly. But, you know, and we're looking at a team right now with so little talent that any talent on this team would be welcomed. So somebody that can find any talent, even if it's not at positions that maybe we need right away or whatever, I'm down for it. So a guy like Dimitrov has a proven track record of finding talent in the draft. And, uh, you know, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think he's, you know, he he took a team to the Super Bowl. (laughs) There's something to be said for that with the talent that he had, right? Um, and, and, and look, that's, we are so devoid of talent, as you said, as a team right now, that we need somebody that can find it. When you have five picks, like we do, you need to hit on every one of them. This team needs to hit. You need four hits. You need to hit on all five. (laughs) You need every one of those players to be NFL quality caliber starters year one and beyond. They all need to be in the NFL for a second contract. That's that's the kind of players you need. And uh, you know, looking, we did the Quinn review. That just didn't happen for Bob Quinn's draft. Um, we, you talk about stunting a team, right? You think about look, Caldwell wasn't the guy, and just because Cal, uh, uh, Patricia was so bad doesn't mean that Caldwell was good. It was time to move on, and you know, the Quinn and Patricia combo was the. Um, the consensus of the league, right? I mean, that's everybody praised the process and all that. And oh, you've really scored, you know, and the giants were mad that we got Patricia and, and all the, the drama and everything that surrounded all that. That was, that was the way to go. It just didn't work. But what it, what it did worse than just like, Oh wow, it didn't work is we got what? Four years of like, I'll say no, but there's, 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 there's bits in there, but of no talent gain. Of stagnation, right? Yep. And and then Quinn's whole mold of cutting people for whatever reason, whether it's an, a fit, an attitude, a contract, but cutting people and getting, you know, bringing someone else in that's worse at the position, right? That was his mo is is like downgrade every position that he replaced people at. It was it was it was mind numbing. We that's this is you know the draft is is how you build a team. Okay, we we all know that free agency is how you kind of push it over the top. We're, that's that's not where we're at. We're we, we're we're using free agency to build a team to or, or to push us to where we can get to the next draft to build a team. This is this is a really bad situation. It's as if we sat out 
for a couple of years. And uh, now we're trying to come back into the game with just nobody on the roster. And it's, it's a little bit heartbreaking as a Lions fan. Yep. But I, again, I go back to, I don't know that the that ownership has another one after this. I really don't. I don't think the NFL is going to stand for it. I mean, how long the NFL takes active interest when things happen with a team, you know, it, with certain things happen. You kind of look at a team that hasn't been able to put together any sense of winning in over 50 years. And you got to ask yourself, is this, is, is this good for the NFL? Is this good for the league to have a perennial loser? If If, if it is, then why do we have a salary cap? Why do we why do we try to achieve parity and and any team can win if if we're going to have these perpetual dogs? Now maybe that'll change the you know increase in the gambling ability because then you know you can start really playing numbers. But this doesn't work for the NFL. It doesn't work for Lions fans. I don't know how it's gonna, how it's working for the Fords. Right? I just don't know. I just I I, I can't imagine it's working for them. And if, if it's working for nobody, at some point, you got to go somewhere where it will work. And there's not a whole lot of people that are in the club with enough money to to take that role over. So we'll see. Maybe we could be stock owners and own the team. <laughs> and wear some sort of dairy product on our head. <laughs> we're the jug heads. There you go. Jug. The paper bags. <laughs> Oh God! Well, that's that's a season. There we go. Yeah, we shall be Black Monday tomorrow. Uh, I how long do you think it's going to take to get a, a GM? Uh, a month. Ooh. I think we're going to be way too close to the draft to feel comfortable. All right, like I'm 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 real with that. I feel like we're going to have a head coach before a GM. God, I hope not. But you know, it it does add a, a wrinkle, right? So you want number one, you want adults who can play together, no matter who's there, right? But certain GMs will. If I can't get my guy, I don't want to be there, right? On the other hand, a GM that's looking at this knows they get one coach, right? So they they get to fire one, right? So sure, hire the coach. I'm going to put the talent that I want. You know, kind of he'd say the Quinn model. I'll put the talent I want there while this coach is here, and then. We will move to the coach I want at a later date, right? Well, after I get the the kind of talent that I'm looking for. Well, yeah. I mean, the scary part about that is that what Quinn did was, I don't want to say he sabotaged Caldwell, but he definitely didn't draft well while Caldwell was here. He didn't draft well while Patricia was here either. <laughs> well, and but some of that is you can pinpoint some some points where you say Jelani Tavai only fits one type of defense in yeah. the NFL. Yep. If 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 Patricia wasn't here, I don't think. Jelani Tavai would have got drafted by the Lions. I think there's a there's a slight difference there. Okay, you know, I, I think where Quinn did well was players that you don't need superstars. You don't need a superstar center to win in the NFL. You don't need a super above average left tackle. I mean, it never hurts to have that stuff. But where he missed, is big big rips, big rips and wind. Tease Tabor, ladies and gentlemen. Tease Tabor. <laughs> Jelani Tavai. I, I think nobody told Bob Quinn that his monitor was at one and a half times speed. Jared Davis. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's just name after name after name. Um, what about Landis, the long snapper? No. Oh. Yeah, I mean, really, what what this team needs is this team needs like a 2009 draft. Like Martin Mayhew's first draft was like a perfect. Yeah. Let's start this thing over. They got 
you know, four starters out of that draft. And the team was bad, but this team is bad. It wouldn't be crazy to me if somehow they, they drafted the linebacker out of Penn State in the first round, took a defensive end in the second round, or a safety, and, you know, some other players, and they wound up starting. It wouldn't shock me if we got four starters out of the five draft picks. Yeah. If, if, if we went all defense. So uh, here's something to think about. Logan Stenberg today didn't, you know, healthy scratch, healthy scratch, not on the, not on the, not on the field. Fourth round pick. Didn't see the field at all this year. With a ton of injuries. Yep. With a ton of injuries. Ton of injuries. We're putting, did you say we put a defensive tackle in at right tackle today? Yeah. 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 And yet Logan Stenberg can't make the roster, the active roster. What in the heck is going on with him? What is the, is he, is he just that bad? If not, why not put him on the practice squad? If you're afraid he won't clear waivers, if he's that bad that you can't play him, who cares? <laughs> what are you, what are you eating a, a roster spot with this guy for? Um, that's really frustrating. That's an absolute, absolute fr- Jason Huntley, right? There's another one, man, man, <laughs> man. Yeah. It just, you know, it just gets to the point where you have, you know, we've been slowly declining as a team. And, you know, we saw it, you know, a lot of us saw it coming. Uh, and we finally hit that spot where, you know, the rebuild's just going to be harder than ever. Yeah. But this draft is going to be super interesting. I think that this team will be exciting next year because we're going to have so many new players. Hopefully we'll see Jeff Okuda take the next step. Hopefully Hawkinson will take another step and we can start to see players that we can root for and we can have some fun games regardless of if we're winning or not, uh, where we can root for certain players to be better than they have been and uh, find some wins out of it, to be honest. Yeah. Terrell Crosby with his tweet, frustrating, couldn't finish out the last few games. However, I'm so grateful for the time I got to play this year and the fact that we were able to find a way to have a season despite everything going on in the world. Excited for next year and appreciate it a ton. Appreciate you a ton, Lions fans. You know that's uh, that's Tyrell Crosby's a good dude, um, and I, I love to see him out there. He played pretty well this year. That's uh, he 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 played beyond expectations for sure, mm-hmm. and uh, love to see that. Love to see a guy able to do that, and uh, and kind of that kind of class, especially after a game like today, has to be frustrating. Has to be frustrating as heck, but um, it's a good perspective, right? With everything that's gone on this year with the pandemic and everything else. The fact that we had a full football season, a uh, couple hiccups here and there with the COVID and the protocols and this and that, a game where no coaches were able to be there, <laughs> whatever. But we were able to have football. There's yep. something to be said for that. There's absolutely there's, crazy. I, you know what I mean? We got football. If you remember the world before football, it was nuts, right? They're the only things that were really kind of, I mean, they were doing a little baseball then, but then the Rays, you know, the whole team got shut down. Um, and then, you know, that started going around. There was nothing. Football is really the one that, I mean, MMA, I think, is the one that actually broke down the door first and was able to start holding the fence and doing stuff. But football, when it came, it made people forget so much else. They still had the anxiety and the frustrations that were kind of in there. It's, you can't just turn on a TV and watch a game and those things bleed away. But it helped people unplug from that ugliness of the world and have some escapism. And as, as tough as the Lions season was, there's something to be said for the fact that the NFL was able to make football work for us this year and give us a season and the playoffs are going to be fun and the Super Bowl is going to be fun. And um, 
I think I think there's you know, like I said, despite the officials and everything else that happened with the Lions and the coaching and the and the GMs, we had football, and that's something that I think we all need to just for a moment take a step back and appreciate because that's if we didn't get football this year, I think things <laughs> the general population <laughs> would be in a much worse space right now. I, I just can't imagine a year without football. So good job yeah. on that, NFL. Now go get some damn officials. All right. Please. <laughs> all right. With that, I think we're going to call it. You guys know the story of all the other stuff. Amazon, Fanatics, all dot M- <laughs> dot DetroitLinesPodcast.com. Go do those things and uh, help us out. Remember, we need your involvement. Use the comments and the subreddit to give us your feedback. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon, please. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get on in there. Uh, get as little as a dollar a month in donation. Gets you active in the Slack. Gets you uh, access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. You get previews. You get in, in early information. It's worth every single penny. So go on over. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Also, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. That's a D-E-T Lions Podcast. D-E-T Lions Podcast. It's the very best place to see Sandman. With no pants on. I love it. All right. Uh, call us on Skype. You know the numbers. 248. Oh, Detroit Lions podcast. That's the word. Detroit Lions podcast, all one word. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Thank you, Andy, for an awesome set of post-game shows this year. I, I, I appreciate everything you've, you've brought and done and, and your commitment to doing this. this has been, you've been an absolute dream to do this absolutely with. I, 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 it was the one opportunity man. i'm not at games i know it was, i'm not it was wasting great. money this year yeah I, I, yeah you know i'm selfish about that for next year but you, <laughs> you make your own decisions you're a grown man i'm gonna get a gopro <laughs> with wi-fi attached you'll I'll, I'll do it while walking back from the stadium okay <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> all right thank you man i appreciate everything be sure to go to detroitlionspodcast.com subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your ears automatically thank you everyone all you folks who stuck with us through this year and this uh, Lions story, it's been a um, interesting one. Yeah, it's been a, a, yeah. a climb up here. Matt Patricia built more than one hill this year that we had to climb. I'll put it that way. <laughs> and um, appreciate you all sticking it out and doing this with us. Uh, we, like I said, have some big plans for the offseason and hope to keep you guys uh, involved and excited about all that stuff. Um you guys rock. Thank you all for listening and being part of the show and taking, uh, you know, doing the the, the chat, the, the super chat, all that stuff. You guys are awesome. Some of the best um, listeners anywhere. Really appreciate it. So thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, baby, because we're Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.